As Latter-day Saint leaders, we face very difficult conversations that put us at risk of saying the wrong thing that can do more harm than good. Many of these conversations relate to LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. Have you had a fellow board member come out to you about their LGBT identity? Have you had LGBT neighbors and you just don't know what to say to them, so you ignore them instead? Have you wrestled with balancing love for your fellow men while still respecting the doctrines of the restored gospel? In order to help, Leading Saints has put together the LGBT Saints Library with more than 20 presentations featuring individuals who have a unique perspective or expertise around this topic. Three of the most popular sessions are available now to watch. Simply text the word LEAD to 474747 to start watching now or visit leadingsaints.org LGBT. Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through content creation, like this podcast, which we hope you will subscribe to. We also have a website at leadingsaints.org with thousands of incredible articles all about leadership in the context of being a Latter-day Saint. We host virtual summits, live events, and also have a weekly newsletter to keep you up to date on all things happening with Leading Saints. Visit leadingsaints.org for more information. All right, today I am at the Triad Center in downtown Salt Lake City with the editor of The Church News, Sarah Jane Weaver. How are you, Sarah? I am great today. Thanks for coming here. Now, you're a fellow podcaster, so you're comfortable in front of the mic, right? Well, I wouldn't say anyone is comfortable in front of the mic, but (laughs) yeah, I do have a podcast. That's cool. And so the editor of the, The Church News, maybe, I mean, how do you explain that role that you live day to day? So The Church News is an official publication of the church. We have a tagline that that says we are a living record of the restoration. Oh, cool! And we we work every week to connect members with church leaders and with church headquarters and with one another. Nice, nice. And so when you hear church news, like and and you're part of Desert News, and Desert News is like a traditional like media outlet with journalism and where they're looking at any story or scandal or whatever that's happening. And how how would you say the church news is different than maybe that traditional journalist that journalistic model? So the Desert News is a media company that's published out of Salt Lake City. It's been in existence for 170 years and has mm. a great pioneer legacy. And actually, early Latter Day Saints carried a printing press with them to the Salt Lake Valley. Oh wow! And and so the Desert News personifies all the principles of journalism. They had an important shift in January. So after publishing a daily newspaper for so many years, they went to a digital publishing first strategy. My my father's heartbroken, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> and so so now the now the Desert News has a weekly paper. We also publish a a Desert magazine and and then daily news updates on Desert.com. Desert News also partners with KSL, where you get more breaking news updates on KSL.com. Now the the church news brings all that that those two organizations bring to the table as far as journalistic integrity and doing everything but our focus is on a totally different audience. We are published for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are a correlated product that means that we're an official product. That means that the church news is published with the church's logo on it and we represent the church, and we try and amplify 
the words of church leaders and church members. Nice. And, and so if there's like, a, it's, it's not necessarily pure, like anything related to the church, like if there's a, you know, some, an accusation or a, a legal battle, it's not like you're going to report ev- on everything related to the church, but more of the history of the church and the restoration. Is that right? Yeah. W- we like to promote good news. We like to strengthen faith. And we work very hard to take the words of church leaders, the initiatives of church departments, and the efforts of church members to Latter-day Saints across the globe. We are published in Spanish and Portuguese. Hmm. We have numerous social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. We have a daily church news newsletter that goes out with articles from church headquarters and about members. We have weekly newsletters, and we also do language versions of those. In the last few years, we also started sending the message by way of video and by a church news podcast, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And you're the host, right? Or one I, of the co-hosts? I am yeah. the I am the host. That's cool. That's awesome. So, so how many make up the staff of the church news? So we have eight full-time people and then we we have we contract with a lot of people who who help us with video, who help us with translation, and who help us with with design and writing and editing. Oh that's great. And then, you know, just I, my dad, you know, subscribed to the Desert News as a young boy. I was a, a paper boy for the Desert News for three years. And, you know, it's just been in my life ever since childhood. And there's always been these like these parts of the church news that are, are always there in some form. You know, you have the articles, but then even announcements of stake reorganizations or new stake presidencies, mission presidents, anything like worth noting, like as far as the purpose behind that or as far. And I remember when I was called into the stake presidency, I was shocked. How many people, just random people in my business network or life came up to me and said, oh, hey, I heard about your new calling. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, what's in the church news? Right? Well, a popular feature of the church news is that those stake president yeah. announcements. And those are important to us because we are a living record of the restoration. Mm. We do want to be a record of the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that includes anyone who serves in substantial capacities of leadership in those within the church. Now, that has changed over the years. There was a time when the church news wrote feature stories on all the new bishoprics in the church. (laughs) And as the church has grown, we've had to scale back and simplify what we can do and what that looks like. And some of that is sad because we want the church community to feel small for people. And it really is small. You know, so many people know one another or have these these deep connections within the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's also now a uh, we've got a worldwide membership of 16.5 million people across the globe. And so we also have to think globally. And we also have to figure out how to represent not just Latter-day Saints in the Salt Lake Valley or Utah, but how to represent those who are in Brazil or Indonesia or Japan. Hmm, yeah. Talk to me about the the back page of the church news. There's always uh, an inspiring story or article or is there, what's the approach as far as that page? So for years and years, the back the back page was published under a headline called Viewpoint. Hmm. And the thinking behind that was that this is a viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, Marky Peterson wrote many of those early viewpoints. And over the years, they went out, a lot of questions would, go, would come back to us and people would say, who's the author of those? Who writes those? Because so Marky Peterson's name was yeah, not were, listed. Yeah, they oh, okay. were. They were similar to what a house editorial would be, where 
Gotcha. Where these are the opinion of the Deseret News if you were a if you were reading a house editorial. Gotcha. And so these sort of became the opinion of the church news. Now we shifted again several years ago and said, let's use that back page as a place where individual staffers can actually talk about what they've learned in their assignments. That that can be a place where we can share the story behind the story, where we can give context to the news we cover. Because so many news stories are just straight news. You know, you say, this is what they said, and this is where they said it, and this is when they said it. And there are always stories behind the stories that that can build faith and strength and testimony. And we wanted to find a place to tell those stories as well. So they, we often, and this is the question of our podcast as well, but we ask, what do you know now? Hmm, and, yeah. and often we, we write around the theme on the back page of the church news print edition of, this is what I know. This is what I learned from covering this or watching this church leader or meeting this faithful, humble church member. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Any other component of the church news that maybe I haven't identified that uh, people should look for? Well, you know, the church news, first and foremost, wants to amplify the words of the First Presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve, the women leaders of the church. We like to cover when they speak because we want to be a vehicle that can take the words of prophets and apostles and church leaders to more people so that they can get those. We want to send them in a way that they're easy to learn from and to digest. And then we've also said, what are some things we can do for members to help them understand the church a little better? We just started, we just completed, in fact, publishing a series called Inside Church Headquarters. Yeah, this has been great. And as part of that series, we wanted to take readers inside the church and show them how decisions are made. And ultimately, we focused that series on the council system of the church, where one person doesn't make a decision alone. Those decisions are informed by general church councils, by the Council of the First Presidency, the Council of the Quorum of the Twelve, the Council of the Presidency of the Seventy. You know, the Release Society General Presidency becomes a council where every voice is, is heard, every voice is looked to, every voice matters. And that is a very interesting thing when you look and compare that to how decisions are made in the world or in politics where often decisions are made through compromise. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the Church of Jesus Christ, so many of our t- decisions come from information and consensus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I really enjoyed just seeing a lot of those pictures of how, you know, seeing the council meeting and, you know, mm-hmm. the, some, the different monitors or people, you know, chiming in remotely or, or whatever it is. It's cool to see sort of that action shot of, of, of the church. So, so what, what was your, I mean, what's the journey to uh, being the editor of the church news? So I, I attended Brigham Young University. I majored in journalism there and have been at the church news as a reporter and editor for 26 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, did you ever, I mean, was in your aspirations to maybe end up in this, in this seat or? Yeah, I actually, if you had asked me when I was studying journalism as a student, I would have said, oh, I want to be a political reporter. Oh, yeah. And there was something very appealing to me as, as I started my career by the opportunity to strengthen faith and to build people and to lift and to share news that is, that is wholesome and good. And once I went down that path, it was hard to, to write about conflict and disputes and court cases and, and, you know, do the, the police beat shift. Yeah. And so you, 
So naturally, I was just drawn to this place where I felt personally uplifted and strengthened by the stories I had the opportunity to share with members. Yeah. And is there a story around uh, when they did come to you and ask you to to be in this role or when that application process started? Or So... So it just seemed to, it was a role that I seemed to just grow into. Oh, okay. You know, we, I, I started as a reporter and then not too many years in, I began traveling and seeing and glimpsing the international church and seeing church growth and seeing the church respond to uh, humanitarian needs and disasters. And I saw a lot of temple dedications where members come together and are so excited to have this ultimate symbol of strength and faith in their community. And, and then from there, I don't want to say it was an organic journey, but, yeah. but somehow I had some really great mentors and tutors and people who helped me along. And, and when, the, when the job opened, the editor before me, his name is Jerry Avant. She had been at the paper since 1972. Wow. <laughs> And so she had decades and decades and decades of experience and she retired. And so it just was a natural fit. That's great. And so how long have you been in this role now? For three and a half years. Oh, great. Great. And uh, do you feel like there's some exciting things coming up? I'm sure there, there is, but any dynamic changes you, you see in the future? with? Well, the one thing we know about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints right now is that it is a dynamic, exciting, energy-driven organization that is actually you know, spreading across the globe so rapidly. And, and so things are happening every single day. Yeah. Now, you know, you want slow days in the news business and you, you want exciting days and we don't get very many slow days yeah. because there is just so much going on in so many places. And you have these vibrant, excited, active church leaders that are doing the same thing. They are sharing the Savior's message across the globe. And we want to cover it when they do that, and we're happy to always be there. Yeah. Obviously, like you mentioned, you've had a lot of opportunity to travel, many with uh, apostles, or, or or as you say, it's not like you're sitting next to them on a Delta flight or anything, but uh, you know, you have opportunity to travel the world and, and watch them speak or engage with the saints. Any, is fr- from the, like, the leadership perspective, as you've you know, admired and seen leaders around, you know, in different settings around the world, what have you learned there? What experiences come to the surface. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I had the I had the unique opportunity to cover President Russell M. Nelson's global ministry. Wow. And President Nelson, since becoming president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in January of 2018, has traveled to 35 nations. He's given countless numbers of speeches. He often addresses Latter-day Saints in their own language. And but I certainly don't travel with him. I like to tell people I follow him. <laughs> right. and, as you and, should, as we all should. <laughs> there is great symbolism there. I, I cannot imagine after watching his ministry, following anyone better. He is such a remarkable leader. And the principles of leadership that he personifies are just remarkable. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Anything else as far as the church news in general? that maybe the the lay reader wouldn't uh, recognize or insight there that we haven't covered? You know, the church news can be a vehicle for members to learn things that often they can't get other ways. And let me give you an example of that. You know, last year 
as the COVID-19 pandemic was accelerating across the globe, the Church News did a series of articles on what senior church leaders said or were feeling during the pandemic. And ultimately, we published a, an article with every single one of the Quorum of the Twelve and with the First Presidency. And each of them got to talk about a different aspect of things that they were thinking about at this time when so many people were isolated. And, you know, I remember the first one we did was with President M. Russell Ballard, and he spoke very grandfatherly and just was filled with hope, you know? So so the church is actually moving into the homes as so much in the world is shutting down. And President Ballard is saying, well, we've we've gone through hard times before, and this is going to be okay. And then as the series went on, so many of the Quorum of the Twelve identified areas they were thinking about. So Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf spoke about missionary work and how that had been impacted by the pandemic, and actually how so many principles of missionary work were being strengthened at that time. And I, I remember Elder D. Todd Christofferson said, you know, this is a time of constant consciousness. Hmm. We should be looking out for the welfare of one another, and we should be looking to see who needs our help and attention and who's feeling isolated right now. And so those type of stories collectively formed this, this really broad and, and beautiful kind of image of what church leaders were thinking about during a time when we weren't really hearing from them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciated that series of, from different apostles because, you know, it, what does an apostle think about when he slows down and he's not traveling as much and he's probably at home a lot, maybe on Zoom calls, you know, trying to get the work done. But obviously there's maybe a, a unique inspiration that comes to to these uh, brethren as, as they do that. So, and, and really there's no other venue other than the church news where you're going to get that kind of perspective. Yeah. I remember Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, this time of enforced solitude is an opportunity for all of us to look inside ourselves and see if we like what we see there. And I thought, what an interesting and beautiful message during the pandemic where he's saying, slow down, see if you like the person you are, and then take some time to ponder and improve yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, definitely, I hope people check it out. And and I really appreciate this time of year as you publish the different sort of a synopsis of all the talks given at the mission president uh, seminar, uh, whatever they call it now. But, that, you know, and it's because those are like, you don't those are talks that you're not going to hear at general conference, but you still get a synopsis of some strong leadership perspectives that they share in those in that training. So. Well, you know, one of the things that leaders of our church care so much about is missionaries. Hmm. And especially the more than 60,000 young elders and sisters that are serving across the globe. And they do put a lot of emphasis in the mission president seminar. And I actually think that they they love the missionaries so much because the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles have a mission to take the Savior's message across the globe. They are called to testify of Him. And that is the same mission that young missionaries have across the globe. They're called to testify of the Savior, to take upon his name. And and so they share this main job, this focus. So when when members of the Quorum of the Twelve are able to travel, they speak to missionaries every chance they get. And another consequence of that is that they put a lot of effort into training those people who will lead the missions. So that's the mission leaders, the the mission president and his companion. 
And so every year at the end of June, there is a, a mission leadership seminar. And oftentimes you have multiple members of the, the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve who give really, really powerful messages at that seminar. And, and Church News is always grateful for the opportunity to cover that. Yeah. Well, I obviously encourage people to uh, check it out. Obviously, you have a website and app. You can uh, now get it by, or, and you've always at least been able to get it by mail for a while, but you can subscribe to the Desert News and it comes every every we, week. Right? Yeah, you can still subscribe to the Church News print edition. Yeah. And uh, we we have continued to put that out. Yeah, I love it. I Every week I, I <laughs> go through it. So really awesome. So let, let's uh, pivot a little bit here because not only are you the editor of Church News, but you're also a Relief Society president in your ward. And uh, how long have you been in that role? So I've been in that role for about two and a half years now. Great. Is this your first go at Relief Society president? It is. Nice. Nice. Any? Is there a story behind uh, being called or what do you remember from that experience being called as the Relief Society president? You know, it's, it's always humbling to be asked to serve in such a position. And it was it was a little... I actually think it was harder for me than I expected it would be because I didn't know how I would have time to do it. Hmm. So they they asked me to do it right in the middle of President Nelson's global ministry tours. <laughs> and I was called and I remember telling my bishop, okay, I really, really want to pray about counselors. And I, I think I'll have the chance to do that when I visit the temple in Uruguay. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's unique. And, yeah. and and it's because I was called, you know, just days before leaving to follow President Nelson through South America. Hmm. And on that trip, he he started in Peru and he ended up going to, to Paraguay and Uruguay and Chile and speaking to so many members. And there was, you know, President Nelson is the perfect example of if someone asks you to do something, then there is a way to do it. And I came home from that trip with this resolve, like, well, I I can do this. Hmm. I can figure out how to be the editor of the church news and my Ward Relief Society president. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything unique as far as uh, calling counselors or just getting started in that role that you remember that was helpful or that uh, you learned from? Well, you know, I think those experiences are are unique for everyone. In my case, I had had very specific experiences with each of the women that that ultimately served in my presidency, and so my thoughts turned to them very quickly. And that has been such a blessing to me to be able to serve with them. Obviously, as we talk about the limited time and resources of of what I can personally give, it works because I have these strong, strong women around me who help me. And in our ward, ministering functions at a very high level, mostly out of necessity. Everyone knows that they have to take care of each other. Yeah. And as uh, I do, I I had you send me a few principles that came to your mind as you reflect on what's helped you the most in serving or what's worked, what leadership principles have served you the best. So let's go through this, uh, these and see what we can learn here. And the first one is uh, most successes are possibly because of the love and support of other people. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I certainly could not accomplish anything with my job at, at Church News or with the Release Society in my ward or in any other capacity if I didn't have the support, first and foremost, of my amazing husband. Yeah. 
we've been married for 25 years. We have three daughters. Oh, cool. And as I traveled early in my career, he made arrangements to stay home and and drive to the soccer games and and drive the carpools so that I could do that. And so we really have to look at our successes and and ask ourselves, who made it possible for me to achieve this? Who's the person that had my back yesterday? And in my case, my family all along has always opened doors for me so that I could have opportunities. Yeah, that's awesome. And anything like as far as the support of the people you know, like in your ward, your counselors, is there anything you do to intentionally sort of, uh, you know, facilitate that support or, or lean on them or th- those types of things? Well, you know, when you work with great people, you naturally lean on them. And sometimes I don't have to. Each of them have stepped into roles where where they just take the responsibility and they make sure that things get done. And, you know, when you look at how Relief Society is organized right now, where you have a counselor that before I, I served as Relief Society president, you know, a counselor would serve over the Sunday lessons and one would be responsible for the weekday activities. And, and it wasn't very long before I began serving that the church changed that and they said, Let's organize around these important principles that mm. that we care about in the church. So you have a counselor that's that's over missionary efforts, and you have a counselor that's over temple and family history. Mm. And the women that I serve with do those things naturally and promote those efforts. And everyone in the ward knows this is who I go to on these issues. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Next principle is it's okay to be vulnerable. I love this concept, or at least love hearing how other you know, different groups uh, approach vulnerability. So how does, how do you stimulate vulnerability or be vulnerable yourself? Well, you know, all of us has successes and failures and I think we can learn from our successes, but it's so important to learn from our failures. And you have to be willing to say this happened and I learned this and I shifted. And so that vulnerability, that sharing the insecurities you have or being willing to share your feelings, the things that make us all human, the things that we all share, they're they're sometimes not comfortable, Mm. but they do connect us and they connect us with one another and they connect us with the Lord. Yeah. And so what would you say to a Relief Society president who's maybe trying to stimulate more vulnerability in their Relief Society group? Is there... Is it mainly just, you know, being more vulnerable yourself or is there other other ways to go about it? Certainly you have to model it. Yeah. And and be willing to share your own feelings. And it's not easy because every single day all of us fight off issues of insecurity and we are all busier than than sometimes we need to be. And there is an evaluation process that goes on. And so yeah, we just we just have to take note of what works for us and what what didn't, and then be willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Great leadership is built on a foundation of leaders that came before. And, you know, I think of this a lot when I think of the job I'm doing at Church News. You know, I mentioned Jerry Avant. She was the editor for so many years, but in her time, she traveled with so many prophets and really had a strong foundation of what the church should look like and was able to transfer that into her job. Hmm. And so all of us say, okay, this is what I want to accomplish, but it really is built on what the person before us accomplished. And the way the Lord does things is that we each have a time and a season to come to leadership. And oftentimes we have 
we're called to these positions because we bring something different than the person before us. And I actually think the foundation gets stronger and stronger as every person adds their brick Mm. that's different and unique. And then think what the Lord can accomplish when you put those bricks together and really society just moves forward or the ward's objectives just move forward or the church news grows and broadens and its its reach extends. Yeah. Is there anything uh, in particular as far as like, you know, as your role as a Relief Society president to to build on what the, the previous Relief Society president did or accomplished and the one before that or anything like that? Well, you know, in my word, it's hard to be a Relief Society president because of the caliber of Relief Society presidents that, <laughs> that come before. Yeah. No one wants to... To try shoes, and, right? Yeah, no one wants to try to measure up to that. But certainly everyone that served in my ward personified charity and gratitude and hard work. And each of them have personal experiences that they bring to those callings. So they're all a little different. And each of them have spiritual gifts that they bring to those callings that are all a little different. But they have all been women that I admired so much and was actually a little intimidated to try and accomplish the job that they had done so well for so many years before me. Yeah. And this feeds in well to your next principle, which is be yourself. How do you go about that? I mean, it seems obvious, but just be yourself. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Well, you know, I I think that so often we think we, we have to be something so different than who we are. Yeah. And we don't. The Lord is happy with us just the way we are. If we're getting up and and trying our best and praying for personal revelation in our callings and trying to act on that, I think that is enough. Yeah. And we can go into homes and actually the best thing to do is build relationships just with who you are. Yeah. And so is there anything, you know, in your Relief Society that uh, definitely comes from your personality, maybe something you stopped doing or something you started doing? Well, you know... (laughs) I am not a fancy person. <laughs> I I do like simple is, you know, simple. Yeah. And so I'm not a I'm not a big fan of tablecloths. Now that doesn't mean that we <laughs> we don't have tablecloths in our release society. What it means is that the sisters are aware and they take care of that for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, the things that that matter most they step up and say, you know, this isn't Sarah's strength, so we're going to fill this gap. Yeah, that's awesome. The next principle is uh Ministering matters a lot. And it's, how do you go about ministering is from your role? Well, I'll tell you, there is is so much strength, especially for Latter-day Saint women. You think of of the the things that the Savior did when he was on the earth, and he took care of the poor and needy, and he, he spent his mortal ministry teaching and testifying. And those are things that, that Latter-day Saint women also have as stewardships. Through the Release Society, we are charged to take care of the poor and needy, and and we're charged to teach and testify. And and as we do that, it looks different for all of us, but each of us have the opportunity to have a stewardship, to to have women that every day we can pray for and think about and ponder about how we can help and strengthen them and their families. And if everyone does that, it is this beautiful thing that happens. Yeah, that's awesome. Is any uh, unique approach you've taken with uh, ministering interviews? This is sort of the the code that everybody's trying to break. You know, what's the best way to do uh, ministering interviews? Have you found uh, any systems that have worked? Well, you know, we just came out of and are coming out and of this worldwide pandemic. Yeah. So 
for much of the time that I've served, we've done ministering interviews by Zoom. And my stake presidency feels very strongly that we do those in person. And so I'll I'll let you know next month how oh, that nice. goes. <laughs> You're just figuring that out. <laughs> we're we're transitioning back to in person and, and I'm actually super excited because there is great strength that comes from sitting one on one with someone in a room right. and praying with them and thinking about those who they're assigned to serve and talking about how as a ward and as a ward family, we can access the ward storehouse to help and bless and strengthen them. And so I'm super excited to be able to do that in person. Technology is good. It's been very helpful during a time that we had to use it, but I'm, I love the one-on-one interactions. I have missed hugging the sisters in the ward on a regular basis. I, I hope that comes back. Yeah, right, right. And then you uh, noted two of your favorite questions. To explain those. So, so often when we get an assignment, I have to try and narrow it down to the thing that matters most. So I ask myself all the time, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? What is it that needs to be done here? And then the follow-up question is, what is the best way to do that? Hmm. And so if we're talking about a Release Society summer social, we say, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying to teach a principle? Are we trying to help the women connect with one another? Are we trying to use this to invite women who don't often participate with us? And once we know what our main goal is, then we can say, okay, so what is the best way to do that? And so uh, the last activity we had for Release Society, we counseled together as a presidency and with our weekday Release Society committee. And they said, we think what the women of our ward need most right now is to just be together, to just talk, to just associate with one another, to have the opportunity to laugh and to share. And so we said, okay, well, what's the best way to accomplish that? And that that was easy. We could offer some drinks and a few cookies and a place for people to meet and a time that they could get together. And then we knew exactly what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. Yeah. And and I want to highlight, really underscore these two questions. What am I trying to accomplish? And is this the best way to accomplish it? And because it's so easy in these, these are very traditional roles that, that we fall into in these callings and you sort of just go through the motions. You know, we meet, we have presidency meeting once a month or every other week, or we have ward council this time and just sort of can easily go through the motions and sort of really keep yourself engaged and and focused on a specific vision. These these two questions really lead into that. Yeah. And in, in the past, I have been a counselor in a Release Society presidency. And my responsibility for that when I was in that position was to plan the weekday activities. And I would every year take the calendar out and say, well, in August, we have an ice cream social. And in July, we take the month off. And in June, we have a barbecue. And it was very, very prescriptive. And it wasn't until I started asking myself those questions that I started planning and executing on activities that meant something more to me and to the women of the ward. Because every year is a little different. And every time someone moves in, it may change the dynamics of the Release Society. And so you have to say, what is the greatest need at this moment? Yeah, that's a, really, really helpful and, and simple too. That's what I appreciate about it. A good leadership principle is simple. 
And then your favorite is I do all I can so that I can ask the Lord to make up the difference. And you know, this comes, I love the church handbook and I follow the church handbook and I always am turning to that because it gives very specific guidelines. This is how you can hold this activity or this is what you should do or this is, you know, and I find that that when I follow that, you know, at, at one point I worked in the young women and I said, well, we have a, we have a mileage limit that's designated or we're not supposed to do this or we need to make sure that everyone has a seatbelt every time they, they're in a car. And if, if you understand what the leaders of our church have taken the time to designate and you follow those as closely as you can, then you can pray and say, okay, Heavenly Father, I did everything that I knew that you asked me to do. And now I'm hoping you'll keep us safe and that we'll be able to get there without accident and that we can put the kids on the lake. And if they're all in life vests, then we know we've done our part and now we're going to ask for you to protect us too. Yeah, that's great. Any other principle or thought that before we wrap up that uh, we, we may have missed? Well, you know, President Nelson, he is a prophet of invitations. Hmm. And I have been thinking a lot lately about the power of an invitation. You know, in the time that he has been prophet, he's he's issued some very, very powerful invitations. And he never says, you must do this. I've never heard him say, I, w- I want you to do this. He says, I invite you to do this. I invite you to find and stay on the covenant path. I invite you to be grateful. You know, I invite you to ponder what you could do in your life if you had more faith. And those things go on and on. I invite you to to fast and pray during this pandemic. And he, you know, I invite you to to study the blessings that come to covenant Israel. And so that is something I'm trying to to think about. What invitations are we extending to the people that we serve mm-hmm. with? What have we learned from our own experiences that we can invite them to partake in? You know, I love going to the temple as the temple opens up. Can I issue invitations for sisters to join me in the temple? I don't like family history, but there are some great women in my word who have invited me to participate in family history with them. And I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so I do think that if there was one thing that I'd learned from President Nelson, it's that there's power in invitations. And I think that that can bless and strengthen all of us as leaders. Yeah. And, you know, putting that up against the, maybe uh, sometimes people think of leadership as uh, a mandates, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of, I've, I've got the authority, here's what I mandate, just do it type thing. And, you know, that leadership can work, quote, quote, unquote, for, for a little bit, but it's invitation. And I've appreciated as well seeing it you know, in President Nelson's leadership style of just sort of this constant prod of engage in the gospel and it will change you. And uh, then the invitations will will come to you naturally and you'll continue to grow and develop as as a, a child of God. And that's that's the point of the gospel, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. He's always saying, I invite you to keep the commandments and then enjoy all the blessings that will come in your life as a result. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I want to make sure we give a good solid plug if uh, obviously people are listening to this via podcast and so they can just hit that search bar, search church news. I think if you should just do church news, it should come up at red logo. Am I right? Yes. And a uh, microphone, something going yeah, the, in there. The, the website is thechurchnews.com. We also share our content with churchofjesuschrist.org. So you can find church news articles on either website. Yeah. And 
You have social media accounts mm-hmm. pretty much for yeah. all the major ones, right? So, so. If, if you search church news in, in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our accounts will come up. Yeah. And it is it is a bright red logo. Cool. Well, Sarah, this has been fantastic. And uh, I've learned, it's fun to learn just about some of these institutions within the church that have, have a long legacy and they're doing so much good. So it's fun to learn about the, the church news. And then uh, the last question I have for you is as you reflect on your time as a leader, both as a Relief Society president and maybe as the editor of the church news, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Well, you know, the Savior, his life is an example of both being the perfect leader and the perfect follower. Yeah. You know, he led in everything he did, and yet he always was seeking the will of his Father and wanting to to follow him. And that is something that I've learned from the leaders of our church and from everyone that I have had the opportunity to serve with in my ward and in my stake. There is something beautiful that happens when we first, in our leadership, seek to understand and follow the will of the Lord. That concludes this episode of the Leading Saints podcast. We'd love to hear from you about your questions or thoughts or comments. You can either leave a comment on the uh, post related to this episode at leadingsaints.org or go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and send us your perspective or questions. If there's other episodes or topics you'd like to hear on the Leading Saints podcast, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and share with us the information there. And we would love for you to share this with any individual you think this would apply to, especially maybe individuals in your ward council or other leaders that you may know who would really appreciate the perspectives that we discussed. And remember, text the word LEAD to 474747 in order to access the three free sessions of the LGBT Saints Library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.